Well, good morning, everyone. If you've been here long enough and you've had the opportunity uh, to hear me preach uh, on certain occasions when Father Scott is away or he asks me to preach, you may notice that when I come to the pulpit, I usually have a manuscript of my sermon in front of me. And today I have no manuscript and you can hear that knock. There is no paper in front of me. And that's because I have really nothing to say to you all this morning. Um, <laughs> and I'm okay with that. Um, yeah, I'm okay with that. But there's a reason, right? There's a reason. Not for a lack of preparation or not for a lack of desire to preach to you. Uh, we got a great chapter in Jeremiah, and I would love to stand here and proclaim that the Lord is with me as a dread warrior. Um, those are powerful words, and the entirety of that chapter is something that we could ponder. But today's a bit different. I, I went two weeks ago with our youth group to Camp Booyah. Many of you know that. Some of you don't know about Camp Booyah, so really brief description. Uh, it's a summer camp for a week for Anglican teenagers, and it's not for me. <laughs> I, in a sense, don't like going to Camp Booyah. I sleep on a very uncomfortable bed. I don't get more than six hours of sleep. By day two, the cabin smells. Uh, everything that the teenagers do for the week, I have to do, which means jumping into a mud pit and doing tug of war, which means doing paintball and everything else that just kills my joints that are already achy and old and would rather sit at home in a recliner. Um, but I go to Cambuya and it's a great time. I, I wouldn't miss it for the world. And on my return from Buya, I went out of town for Father's Day weekend and came back on Monday. And I came back into the office on Tuesday. And Father Scott was going to go out of town and just uh, the very next day. Um, and I knew that I was going to have a busy week and even the week ahead of that, pretty busy and things to do, sermons to prepare, a funeral to officiate. So I really needed to be on task. And so I came in Tuesday morning with my checklist ready to go. And first thing was write a sermon and the next day write another sermon and start getting that done. And uh, Riley, one of our teens here over there playing the guitar, he approached me Tuesday and asked me if he could share about Camp Booya. And I said, sure, you can talk about Booya before I preach uh, or maybe after I preach. We'll sort that out. And same day, a couple of minutes later, he said, well, could I preach on Sunday? And I said, I don't know, can you? And, and he said, well, I, I think I would want to. And I said, sure, what do you want to preach about? And he said, well, maybe I could preach about one of the parables that we covered and was taught to us at Buya, the parable of the lost sheep, our gospel reading today. And he said, do you think I could preach a sermon on that? And I said, oh, yes, Riley, that, that passage will preach. Uh, very well. Um, and so I said, you're preaching on Sunday. <laughs> and gratefully, it, it provided a bit of space for me. Um, but don't think you're off the hook. You get me next Sunday. He's not doing this two weeks. So you, you'll hear from me soon enough. But today, Riley's going to give us a word. And so would you reach out a hand as we pray for him before he gives us his word today? 
Gracious and Holy Father, we do give you thanks for this day. I thank you for Riley and his willingness and courage to stand in this pulpit, in your pulpit, and to be used by you to proclaim your truth. So would you send your Holy Spirit to fill his heart and mind, to fill his mouth. Let his words be your words. May we not simply be informed, but may we be transformed. May we be challenged and comforted and ultimately conformed ever more to the image of your Son, our Lord Jesus Christ, for this is your desire. And we ask all of these things in the name of Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. Riley, come on up and give us a word. Good morning. So, as Jed mentioned, I did come up and ask if I could preach today and talk about Booyah a little bit. But um, for those who may not know me, my name is Riley. Um, I've been going here for ever since I could remember. But um, so Booyah is, it's a week, the second week of June, where all the teens from our youth group go with Jed and a couple other leaders down to Scottsville, Virginia for a good, uh, I guess, God getaway in a sense. And it's a good, it's a good week for us all. It's a good refresh. Um, it's busy, but it's fun. But in all the busyness, it's hard to kind of look for God, all the distractions around you. I fell victim to that. I went to camp expecting to hear from God and wanted to look out for God, but there were so many distractions everywhere. But when I came back, I took a minute and I wanted to look at the verses we talked about again, just to see if God would speak to me that way. And I would like to discuss, it won't be long, but it'll be short and sweet, but I want to discuss Luke 15, one through seven that we heard in the gospel. So first, just like camp, I think God changes society and acts totally different than what society would have us do. Firstly, Jesus welcomes the tax collectors and eats with them. The tax collectors represented the Roman government who were oppressing the Jews, so tax collectors were very hated. They would often charge higher taxes and pocket the extra taxes for themselves. Secondly, Jesus welcomed the sinners and ate with them as well. Many Pharisees believed that eating with sinners would make you unclean. But Jesus brought sinners to repentance. He didn't become unclean by eating with the sinners. He made the sinners clean. It's a different idea than what society would tell us. Then Jesus proceeds to tell the parable of the lost sheep to his disciples. What's the importance of this story? Being a shepherd was common in the region. There's no mention of another shepherd or a guard to help watch over this shepherd's flock. And shepherds would often count their sheep before nightfall, before they would rest. And in this story, the shepherd notices that one of his 99 sheep has gone astray. And Jesus asks the rhetorical question, of who would go after the lost sheep until it is found. Now, most shepherds wouldn't go after this one lost sheep 
because the value of this one sheep is nothing compared to the 99. And the shepherd wouldn't risk the dangers of going out to search for this lost sheep. But Jesus proceeds to tell us how the shepherd leaves his 99 and goes after the one. The shepherd finds his lost sheep and puts it on his shoulders and returns home. I was privileged yesterday to serve at Chuck Monroe's funeral. And when I sat there and listened to all the good things that Chuck's family had to say, I sat there and pondered to myself about this passage. And I thought to myself about how precious life is. We as Christians are to believe that when life here ends, we are to be with the Father up in heaven. But I think to myself, and I would bet money that I'm not the only person here who wonders why me. Why God, being the good shepherd, would leave his flock to come after me. But that's just it. I'm not worthy. None of us here are perfect and meet the mark of being perfect. That's just the love of the Father. A love so strong that he fights for us. A love so strong that our Maker says your sins are forgiven that you sheep are not lost, but are found. A love so perfect and strong that we just can't comprehend it. But this also tells us that none of us being sheep are more important than the other and have no greater value. Every one of of us is deserving of this love by our good shepherd. The shepherd places the sheep on his shoulders and carries it home, just like how Jesus put us on his shoulders and and just as just how Jesus put us on our shoulders, on his shoulders, on the cross, and carried us home through his death and resurrection. And then comes the celebration. The shepherd throws a public party when he finds his lost sheep, not a private party. Jesus then tells us that there would be more joy in heaven over one sinner who repents than over 99 righteous people who need no repentance. The celebration of what is lost being found is a foundational truth of God, that our Heavenly Father rejoices greatly when those who are lost return to Him. And this is what Kambuya feels like to me, like a lost sheep returning home. It doesn't mean I won't wander again, because we're all bound to wander. But Kambuya isn't just a place, it's a lifestyle. And now what does that mean for me and you? Some today may be the lost sheep, lost in the darkness, confused, scared, or lonely. Don't know which way to go or where home may be or if anyone can save us. But to you sheep who are lost, stay put and trust that the good shepherd will find you in this darkness. He meets us where we are. He's always reaching out for us. All we need to do is reach back. Some of us may be like the shepherds. We love and care for those who, and seek for those who are lost. And to those good shepherds among us, keep doing God's work. But to us all, let us be more like our good shepherd, Jesus. Let us welcome those sinners and tax collectors among us and in our daily lives. Let us go find those who are lost and place them on our shoulders and help carry them home. And when we find one who's lost and bring them home, 
Let's all celebrate together in unity and with joy. And let's defy society in this world and help flip this world over like our father did and show love to all his sheep. Seek, find, and love one another until our time here is up and we are called home. And let us pray. Thank you, Lord, for being our good shepherd. Thank you for coming after us and bringing us home, no matter how many times we run. Thank you for my brothers and sisters gathered here, and thank you for this opportunity to speak. Thank you, Lord, for the sinners and the tax collectors in our lives. Help us seek those who are lost. Help us love the sinners and tax collectors and those who are lost. Bring us those who are lost that we may love them and celebrate and celebrate with their return. And help us all to be more like you. In your name we pray. Amen. Riley, thank you so much. Thank you very much for that word. I was, spoiler alert, I heard that already a few hours ago in the first service. And I was thinking to myself, would my response to his words be any different the second time around? Maybe I was hoping they would, but they just don't seem to be. Riley, thank you for challenging us. I I think it is very easy for us in our day, in our context, whether we're part of the church, whether we're not, uh, to fall into the deception of tribalism. It is very easy for us to differentiate and see the other and say, I'm good with, I'm good with my crew. And we, we are great at identifying the sinners and the tax collectors and keeping them in their place. And I love working in a beautiful church and having a great office and wearing nice clothes and having a wonderful worship space. But I can't be so in love with it that I'm not concerned about being with where the sinners and the tax collectors are. I am firmly convinced in the American church in the 20th and 21st century, oftentimes Jesus would not be among us on a Sunday morning. He would most likely be where we might be tempted to say, don't go there, don't waste your time with them. And that's a challenge to us. I'll never forget being in Omaha, Nebraska in a church service, in a beautiful church, in a beautiful service, wonderful liturgy. And it's a small church, very few people. And before I realized it, the stench of body odor was overcoming me. And it was the stench of homeless people sitting behind me. And I was in seminary training to be a priest. And I remember thinking to myself, almost thinking, like, should they be here? Hello? Where else should they be? The sinners and the tax collectors, those on the margins, those that we're quick to not make eye contact with. And we know expertly how to do that. 
And Jesus says, there is more joy when they come to me than all the righteous ones. That's the point of that parable. The joy of the father when one of his lost sheep comes home. I want to be one of the 99, but I know myself too well. I am not. And like you, Riley, I wonder. But Jesus comes looking. And if you read that parable carefully, it says that the shepherd searches for the sheep until he finds it. He does not stop. He does not stop. He will always be looking. That's what Jesus sent his original disciples out to do. And that's what he's calling us to do. So by God's grace, may it be. Riley, thank you for that word. I will make a shameless plug here. Booyah is not cheap, especially if parents have to send more than one child to camp. If you're not sure if supporting Camp Booyah is worth it, here's my evidence. If you wonder, if you've got a few extra dollars, I will take your money and I will pay for any teenager that comes to me and says they want to go to Camp Booyah. I will help them get there. It is my and Father Scott's firm commitment that nobody misses Camp Booyah because they can't afford it. That just will not happen. So I need your help. We have a designated fund. Anybody is willing to contribute to it. Just see me. I would love to have you partner with us and pray for us. Several of you this week or two weeks ago sent emails to Anita and she got those responses to me, your prayers. And during our cabin times when we would share and reflect with each other, on the last night, I passed all of them out to the guys and they had no idea what they were looking at. They were just envelopes. And I said, here, open them, open them and read them. And they read your prayers and your well wishes for them. And that matters. It all matters. And so I encourage you, pray about it. And if you need convincing, again, come see me. I will convince you. And then you can write me a check. But it's important to us. <laughs> I'm old, and there are others in here that have a few years on me. What will this church look like in 20 years? Who's going to sit in these seats? Will it just be my three girls and a few other kids? What do we want to do about it? How are we going to go about that? It won't be because we think them in here. But like the Good Shepherd, we go and get them. We search until we find them. So, Riley, thank you for challenging us today. Thank you for encouraging us. Thank you for that word. By God's grace, may it be.